All right, all right, all right. It's day number three of the Bully the Kid podcast show. It's day number three on actually day number four, but let's not go there. We got to talk about what we got in store today. We got a special, special guest stepping into the booth today. My man, Mr. Lucky Luciano, Mr. Midwest. Alex Ferrero is stepping in the booth as an ABKC judge as a legendary breeder and he's going to chop it up with bully the kid real quick and help y'all get from where you're at to dallas texas abkc nationals goes down this saturday but before we do that we got to do this it's your boy bully the kid let's get it going yeah 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 it's your boy dj dramatic from the senate djs you checking out my man right now bully the kid it's going down real heavy in the booth Champ is here. Time's up. Time's up. Champ is here. Oh, Remix. The champ is here. The champ is here. Bully. The kid. Bully. The kid. Bully. The kid. The booth. The Senate DJ. Turn your radio up. on actually day number four, but let's not go there. We got to talk about what we got in store today. We got a special, special guest stepping into the booth today. My man, Mr. Lucky Luciano, Mr. Midwest. Alex Ferrero is stepping in the booth as an ABKC judge, as a legendary breeder, and he's going to chop it up with Bully the Kid real quick and help y'all get from where you're at to Dallas, Texas. ABKC Nationals goes down this Saturday, but before we do that, we got to do this. It's your boy, Bully the Kid. Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, I know before you guys get started, I know some of y'all are complaining. You're probably on your ride. You're you're spitting at the windows. You got your feet up in the air. But I'm here. It's day three on officially day four. But Bully the Kid is doing his best. And to make it up for you guys, I got a special, special guest stepping into the booth with me today. It's none other than Mr. Lucky Luciano himself, my man, Alex. Ferrero, let, let me start over. My man, Honorable Judge Alex Ferrero. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm doing well. But I got to ask you this because I feel like for years I've spelt your name correctly, but I have pronounced it several different ways. How do you say your last name? It's Ferraro. And Ferraro. Yeah, and if you're really you know, cool, I, you can roll the R's. They do that in Spain all the time. It sounds way cooler. Yeah, I do. I do the Ferraro like that. I, yeah. I do that. I can't do that, but it sounds cool. Well, it's you know what I, I'm a very talented man, but we're not gonna we're not we're not here to talk about that. We're not gonna talk about my ability to roll the R's because you know uh, that's Mr. not what they want to hear about. <laughs> I am Mister International Fully. in Pitbull or Mister Worldwide. That's what that's what I like to go by. So how, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. 
excited about it. All that. right. I understand that you are on your way to nationals. You are trying to get there. Yes, sir. We are picking up suits and outfits for nationals. As you know, we always dress to impress. And then we're going to be heading out for what's the largest show for the breed. I mean, oh, oh, definitely. And, and, and your wife, of course, is probably mad at Bully the Kid. This is not the first time that, that the, the missus has thought Bully the Kid is messing up her day. Oh, oh no, she's she's good with it. She's she's just doing some extra dog stuff. So, fine. <laughs> you, you see, Alex always to me sounds like the perfect husband. If you ever ask Alex a question, he's only been married for a short time, but you always have the right. As a former husband in that club, I have to say I envy that man. It, it, it's one of the things I got to say. You 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 handle very well being a husband. I learned a long time ago, man. Happy wife, happy life. I'm picking my <laughs> battles, bro. You got got to live with your significant other. You might want to be careful how bad you make them, you know, like how mad you make them throughout the day and how bad you piss them off. So that is true. Happy life, happy wife. That's better than mine, which is crazy girlfriend life's a whirlwind. Um, Anyway, moving on. Um, Nationals is coming up. You've listened. Have you ever been able to listen to the podcast before? I have caught a couple of your podcasts before, man, but I honestly don't spend much time with the podcast, but I have caught your podcast before you came back this last time. I've not caught any of the new ones. Well, well, thank you for your honesty. Now, let me explain something. On this show, you can always lie. When Boy the Kid says that we caught the podcast, you say I'm a diligent listener. I listen every week, Chris. That's what I wanted. But then if you ask me like, yeah, yeah, you remember what I talked about two weeks ago? I'm going to be like, uh, shit. Yeah, trust me, I would never set myself up for <laughs> failure. No, anyway, anyway, so let me jump in. What we do here is we always open with a news article, you know, and, and I like to do that because, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things going on in the news, and, and I like to know what's going on with. Uh, you, you broke up there for a second and went silent. Okay, what was your first breed of dog that you ever owned? Uh, my first breed of dog that I ever owned was an American Pitbull Terrier. Oh, wow. So you just jumped right in with crazy, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, and uh, everybody everybody had game dogs. They had Carver, Jeep, Chinaman, Red Boy. Like, everybody had a dog. I didn't want a dog for any, any negative purposes, but I wanted a high-drive athletic dog, so I went straight into the breed I knew, which was the American Pitbull the American Pitbull Terrier. Okay, all right. Well, that that's interesting. Um, what was your first dog's name? That that's where I'm gonna ask you right now. Sadie. What was his name? Sadie. 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 Yep. That's a that's a solid name. Well, it, it is a very used name. Looking back now, I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of generic, but yeah, it's a little brindle pit named Sadie. All right. Well, I was reading an article by a an a illustration called Care. It's K A R E, and they released the top names for female and male dogs now. And um, I want you to tell me if you, you've heard any of these names, because I think they're a little different. The first name that you got on that list of the most popular dog names is Max. I what? had Max. You, you had a Max? What okay. about a Charlie? Charlie's number two. I've, a lot, I, I, oh, man, you got this so stereotypical. I had a Great Dane and Labrador mix named Charlie. <laughs> and there, what about a Cooper? Cooper is also on the list, number three. I never had a Cooper, but James Cooper, that's my dog. That, <laughs> all right. Number four is Buddy. Uh, I had a Hey Bud. All right. Number five is Milo. Never had a Milo. Might have been Milo, but I might have pronounced it wrong. Number six is Bear. Mm, nope. Never had a Bear. All right. Number seven, Rocky. Didn't have a Rocky. Number eight is Duke. 
Uh, I, I did have a Duke, but it was Dukey. <laughs> number nine is Tucker, and number ten is Jack. Yo, it's t- Jack, Tucker and Jack. Tucker and Jack. That sounds like some some good old boys from Alabama. Well, uh, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. And and the female names, I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to run down the names. Number top ten for female names are Bella, Luna, Lucy, Daisy, Zoe, Lily, Lola, Bailey, Stella, and Molly. Yeah, all of those are real common names for sure. Listen, first of all, they're not real common names in the hood, Alex. You know what I'm saying? So the common names in the hood, see, I think they should do a dual list. Like this right here is suburban. Everything's going right in your life list. That's what I think those names come from. You know what I'm saying? Like your dog, your job, your dog obviously doesn't have a job. If, if your dog's name is Cooper, he doesn't have a job. Like he's just chilling. He's just, yeah. he's just living the good life. If your dog's name is Tucker, obviously he's never been in a fight. He's never had a fight for food. There's Tucker. <laughs> you know what I'm he, he just, everything's good with Tuck. If you're, Female dog's name is Bailey. She's never getting bred. I'm telling you now, you're not breeding a Bailey. Like, that That just sounds wrong, you know? But in the hood, tell me if you've heard this name, Princess. Oh, Princess yeah. Gotta be the number one hood, the hood name is Princess, followed by China. Everyone's at yeah. China. Yeah. China's gotta be there. Male name, popular in the hood, Kilo. Lots of kilos. 100%. Cujo would be a close second. You know, Cujo and Kilo. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have your dogs named after popular rappers. Yo Gotti. You know what Too I'm saying? Fun. Like, if you're not naming your dog after real people, are you even trying? You know what I'm saying? Real people. And you don't want to go too famous. Like, you can't name your dog Einstein, like Albert Einstein. That's trying to be too cute. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be someone that has done some really trepidatious things in his life. You know, like Takashi 69 That That's like a bully name, right? Because American bully names are different. I don't know any self-respecting American bully breeder that's going to name their dog after a snitch. <laughs> that's true. Well, you named your dog Lucky Luciano. Right. He was a gangster, though, like the, the House of Genovese. Like, then, then you got married and your wife named her famous dog Bowser. Yeah. Cartoon character. Super Mario. Yeah. Yeah. He's still yeah, a little him. different. A little different. But you got to blend the household, so it takes all kinds. I'm wondering what the the top dogs names are in the bully world. Now, when I go down and I think about the dogs that have won nationals, because it is national week. And I look at some of our winners, I think master Shifu is probably one of the most original names of any dog. That's won nationals has to be master. Shifu's got to rank up there. Oh yeah. But that just says Marco Suarez is a big fan of Kung Fu Panda. He, he definitely, <laughs> he's got, to, he's got grandkids. He's seen it a dozen times. I bet he watches it sometimes when there's no kids around. I, I would imagine he does. Uh, one of the Aston Martin. That's another thing. Oh uh, yeah, two two names always works. Uh, Samson. I, I you know what? That that's a common name. It's not on the list, but I've known a lot of Samson. That's kind of a plain yeah. name. There's a lot of biblical names when it comes to dogs. Uh, there, there are. You know, um, I definitely think there are. I would name. I have to do the C name. You know, all my dogs have C names, so it kind of uh, limits what I can do. I've done Kane. Uh, what about uh? Bear. Bear is probably the most common name. It actually made the list, and we had a national winner. We did have a national grand champion bear. Yeah, I think the bus was an original name, you know? Yeah. So if you want to win nationals, the key, what I'm trying to get to you people is, give your dogs a different kind of name. Now, as I go back through history, we had a Hef, we had a King Kamali, we had a Little Rocky, you know? Um, I was was at a loss the other day, and I, I hate to admit it live on the air, but I have to admit it. I did not remember the name of the dog that won nationals in Las Vegas. 
it was I remember Fonzie, I remember Bistro, but I could not remember the winner of the Las Vegas Nationals. It I drew a blank. I had no idea. I remember we wanted Appletini to win. I know that she didn't. I know that Homie was there, but I don't remember the winner of the Las Vegas Nationals. I'm a, I'm ashamed to say it. Do you remember? I was not at that Nationals. What year was that? What years was that? That was 2012. No, 2011. I'm sorry. 2011. My- 2012 was Dallas. That's when Master Shifu won. Okay. 2012 was my first Nationals. Oh, in Dallas. So you're, it's a return to the rebirth. It's a rebirth for you. Yes, sir. That was my first year out. I came out. Ty Lumley was there with Jackpot stacking off. Uh, I brought mm-hmm. my in champion Gila Monster. I saw some dogs I had never seen in person. I made some rookie mistakes. Anybody listening, if you got a champion or grand champion, do not take it out of the kennel. Do not stack it up for the eight to nine hours that the show takes. <laughs> that motherfucker pardon my language. Because I learned the hard way. I stacked my girl off the whole day, and then champion class came, and she was over it. And I was like, oh, well. I just That is a great so bit of advice. Oh, man, yes. you know what? I didn't know all those dogs were there either. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like one of five champions here. Nobody else is even here. And then, like, they came 60 deep. I was like, oh, they're smarter. Than <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think that that is a tip that a lot of people don't think about is the length of time you're going to be in the ring at nationals, especially if you're at a champion or grand champion class. You may tell yourself, oh, I've been in a champion class with 20 dogs. That is not the same as nationals. You are going to be waiting your dog needs to be prepared to stack for a long time. It's also important to know when to stack your dog, when to allow him to rest, how to make him not uh, appear in a bad way in front of the judge. I like to turn my dog around when the judge is going through, unless I have a good spot where I want the judge, the judge to watch a dog go around and then look at my dog and be like, wow, that dog's on point. But generally speaking, I uh, I think it's a long day. I know for me and Shorty Bulls this weekend, I'm looking at a champion class of 20-something deep. That's very different than the Shorty Bull classes that the dogs are used to competing in. Yes. You can lose a dog's attention very quickly. Speaking of, my topic for today, for anyone who didn't know, I, I kind of was talking about the levels of showing. I, I was talking about a champion and what that means to me, a grand champion, um, a best-in-show winner, a number one dog and a national winner. And I'll tell you guys right now, uh, for me, earning a champion title is great. It does not really push the needle for me in regards to my breeding program as far as the show side. I don't breed for champions. I, I do think that the starting point for me is grand champion status. I believe the dogs that I put out there, I want them to be uh, that to be achievable to be a grand champion. And it's very, very important to me to have a best in show winner. It is more important to me to have best in show winners than to have even a grand champion title. I I love that, especially for the Shorty Bull and um, the ABKC competing against the American Bully. And then, of course, the number one dog. I think that's a trials and tribulation thing. You're, You're out there every weekend. You're putting in the time. You're busting your butt. You're showing a level of dedication that a lot of people don't. Um, and that commitment to a dog to be number one is something that I really do. Uh, I'm very proud that I've produced some of those. And then there's nationals and nationals is literally the ultimate talent show to me. It's like winning American Idol. It is like the main stage. It is very hard to do, but it is just one judge's opinion. And it's a, it's a tough thing to do, but you're one of a, of a small club. You know what I'm saying? To be a national winner, there's not hundreds and hundreds of national winners of your breed. Right now, there are only, since 2007, we're in 21, 14, and we got a minus one, so 13 national winners. What do you think about it um, when you look at the show titles as a judge? Did you just 
talked about. As a breeder, me, myself, we're going to mm-hmm. start at the bottom. How you said you don't necessarily breed for champions. I actually have a friend who is very, very stuck on um, producing champions. And I told him, I said, you know, when you focus on just trying to put show dog to show dog, you need to understand there's an ample amount of breed type that goes into breeding. And mm-hmm. then I told him, I said, I've accidentally produced 16 champions and five grand champions without the intention of producing them. What I did was I mm-hmm. took dogs that had ample breed type and I put them together and the results were dogs that were able to champ or grand champ. But, wow. you know, for me, I, for my breeding program, I want dogs that are undeniably American bullies. When you look at them, you go, that is an American bully. Now, wow. moving on to the grand champion title, when you, when you get a grand champion title, that is a huge, huge accomplishment because you're competing against the best. You know, you, you went against the top champions. And anybody who's been to a ABKC show recently, you guys know that these champion classes are like 16 to 22 dogs deep right now. They are, mm-hmm. you're not getting a show every weekend. So there's like minimal competition. People are like, oh, I'll go next weekend. It's not like that at all now. People are chasing those titles and they're bringing out the best dogs they've produced. And we've got a lot of people who have taken time to tighten those programs up over the last two years while COVID was here. Now, you're a little more generous than me, Alex. I look out there and I see what you're saying and I I see the the number of champions. And I have to tell you guys, I I always defer my American bully knowledge as simply a fan of the breed, not an owner, not a breeder. I just look out there. And what I always tend to see when I look at the programs that are out there, and a, a lot of them, I'm I'm using the term program very loosely because I think we just have some breeders. I think when we start telling people they have programs, that's oh, an elite, elite level. Let me of, let me let me backtrack so I see where you're going with this. Not every not everybody like national. We're talking about the upcoming nationals, and oh yeah. Like, so yes, the classes have been deeper, and they're you know being honest where you're going with this i know where you're going with this first of all let me take my winding road to where i'm going alex (laughs) oh i i feel where you're coming from the the quality that we're seeing out there in the show ring sometimes isn't exactly the top quality but i'm referring Mm -hmm. readers i'm an active reader i can tell you people who have programs right now who don't even come to shows that could come and smash ass cheeks at a show like they have amazing dogs but their idea of a good time doesn't involve spending $500 a weekend to go in a left-handed circle. It takes a very special Man, you are about to cross over into the realm of my favorite guest. L- listen, I got to agree with you 100%. And, and I'm glad that we, we touched on this because what you see, and a lot of times the ABKC, the Shorty Bulls, the French Bulldogs, whatever, we judge all the dogs as where they are in the show ring. And you are 100% right. There's a lot of people that don't go to show. My my The face of my kennel at Signature Shorty Bulls right now is a dog named Clever Lang. Clever Lang is not a show dog. Clever Lang is the stud at my camp right now. The dogs that come into the ring, they come off of Clever. But Clever himself is not a show dog. But he exudes breed type. He exudes it. I'm, and I'm not talking. When I say exudes breed type, a lot of people get this confused. So let me put this in there. When I say my dog exudes breed type, that does not mean that he's a Royal Rumble piece of crap. You know what I'm saying? It just means that for my show standards, there's a fault there that I would not present in front of a judge. Does not mean that when you look at him, you'll be like, oh, he's all messed up. That's not the way it is. 
what it is is when I say breed type, I like the five components of breed type. That goes all the way from coat to movement to expression to you know the temperament to, yeah. to you know looking like a short equal. So there's a lot more to breed type to me than just having a big head and a wide front. So he exudes those things. I use him in my program. He will never ever go to a dog show, but you will see his daughters, you'll see his sons, you'll see his grandchildren. He he definitely is influenced. So I like that you said and that about doing at home. things because they come off of a dog with ample breed type that exudes breed type. That Correct. people don't understand. Like if you look at your top dogs over the years, like mm -hmm. you go to Bear, Bear goes back to Magoo, which goes back to Dax. Yeah, Dax was a grand champion, mm -hmm. extreme grand champion when faults were allowed much or much more relaxed on it so like if you look like yeah typically nowadays a lot of us would look at a dog like dax and go the dog has some faults but the dog was an amazing producer when bred properly when bred properly that's something you gotta add look, if you look at boss boss never stepped into a show ring ever he was bred to a tetris bitch and created rocco which has undeniably become a catapulted part of our breed like that dog would be in every pedigree for years to come undeniable mm -hmm. so i mean when you look at the dogs that are top producers that are producing dogs, like even even bringing Rocco into it, it was like Rocco produced Grim, Grim produced Brim, Brim produced the number four dog this year, Grand Champion Napalm, who I have only seen one time and had the pleasure to put hands on this bitch. She would give any male out there a run for their money mass wise. And to me, looking at a dog like that, when I'm looking over a dog in my <laughs> room, you know, what does it bring to the gene pool? And that dog is undeniably American bully. And we have a lot that are, but a lot of people want to argue the points about movement and movement is one of the five points of breed type. It is extremely important mm -hmm. mass and type and not being able to mistake a dog for another breed is also equally important. If you have a beautiful moving dog, but I can mistake it for an Amstaff or an American pit bull terrier. If I can mistake it for another breed, essentially it lacks breed type. You know, like that's why my own boy Riot, I don't show him. Mm -hmm. Because let me, me ask you, would nationals be what would judging nationals mean to Alex Ferraro? Oh my God. Oh, anxiety. Lots and lots of anxiety. Um, you're going to get crucified no matter what you do. Yeah, if you look mm -hmm. at all the judges of Christmas past, their spirits will tell you judging nationals is hard um but for me if i were the one judging it i would go in and i would make sure that i was taking into consideration all five points of breed type especially taking into consideration um movement and structure of the dog not overlooking any of the things that might normally be looked past due to the quality of dogs that are there there is no reason why something that is exceptional should not win this year if you look at the dogs that are coming out, something that is absolutely outstanding should come knocking doors in. Whether it be a shorty bull, whether it be a pit bull, because I know the Columbia crew is coming deep. Um, whether it be an American bully, because we've got American bully grand champions coming from every corner of the world. Like mm. we have we have excellent examples of each breed coming to this show so there is no reason why we should not see something excellent win all right well let me ask you this as a as one of those other breeds as a shorty bull breeder i have some trepidation and i have some concern when i look at the judges coming internationally when i look at that when i when i go in the ring with alex ferraro see that i rolled the r's just for my ladies out there i gotta say i know what you've seen i know that you've been here weekend after weekend 
plow, plowing through all these dogs. You, you've got to learn about the breeds as you go. You're making picks. You're studying breed type. You actually had your hands on over 100 shorty bulls or, or over 100 oldies. But then when we get someone that's international, there is a level of concern as an exhibitor that, hey, this person right here has not seen that many shorty bulls. This person has not really had the chance to ask those questions that someone like you have been able to ask or go back and and really use the experience. And being a judge, it comes down to experience. It's part of the resume that you use when you become a judge. What would you say to someone like myself who's an exhibitor, who's going out there and we have to put our trust on the biggest stage of the year oh. in front of someone who maybe has only seen 10 of my breed? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just talk to you as if you were someone who I didn't know. I honestly trust Roberto's opinion as an international judge because I knew he was here stateside for years. There mm -hmm. were years where he campaigned and showed dogs here in the United States. Uh, and when he did, he was he was very by the book. He showed very confidently. He came in dressed to impress. And he never, ever, he never really got upset when he lost there was no throwing fits about anything he always would go back to the drawing board and try and figure out where things went wrong so with that said what i know about him now as i've judged with him internationally if he doesn't know something he will take the time to learn it through and through his knowledge of connie corsos Presa canarios bulldogs french bulldogs is incredibly impressive due to his extensive fci background and the FCI is the second longest running registry in the world. Now, they do not recognize shorty bulls, but very much like myself in Colombia, I was told that I had to judge tekels. Well, mm. I don't know what I didn't even know what a tekel was. So what did I do? I went to the FCI breed standards and I read them and I memorized them. And the next day I picked a beautiful grand champion tekel, which is a Colombian dash hound, guys a dash hound it's not something i ever thought i would have had to judge mm -hmm. but, and i went to the fci breed standards and i learned what i can um so with that said i feel like with him judging nationals he's going to take the time to go through the breed standards in and out i think it would be very helpful though if if he had time to talk to other shorty bull breeders who have been like the pioneers of the breed i think that's really uh of major importance yes Yes, I, I would agree. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me that. And like you, I have a great deal of respect for Roberto, um, especially seeing him for so many years, I, I guess now dating back almost eight, seven years ago when I met him for the first time. And I tell all my shorty bull people, he is going to come out there and judge. I don't know what he's going to pick. I have no idea what the dog is going to look like that he comes from. Um, I know what I think he will go with. I think he's a very knowledgeable person when it comes to dogs. I think he's a very, um, his high integrity when it comes to being a judge. And that means a lot to me when I show under anyone, I will not show my dogs under someone who I do not respect um, as a human being. You know, I, I understand just, that. Yeah, I just don't do that. So if, if you see me in your ring it's because I have a certain level of respect for you um, outside of the ring as well as in it. Uh, I am not worried. I think that the people that come in, this weekend they're going to be treated to a different level of showing and i'm going to go out there and say it i'm going to say it people talk about westminster they talk about professionalism i believe that in the other breed ream especially i don't know william like that so there's not a shot on william but um with roberto i expected to have a very akc fci feel with how serious he is about those dogs so you better be on point because i don't care how good of a handler you are you are not going to be able to hide a fall 
from that man. No, he is every trick in the book. So it's gonna be good. It's gonna He's be good. so professional when it comes to the other breeds. Like when they announced him as our multi-breed judge, I was actually very excited. Because I am I, I'm stoked up. I've sat down and I've talked to him because for me, the FCI actually I was actually at a William Audren show in Spain and there was an FCI show the same day. And after I went and saw an FCI show, I was like, Oh, we've we've got to up our game. Like the, as competitors, I wasn't even referring from a venue and a show host category, like just as competitors, like the way how serious they take it. Like there's grooming stations everywhere. You're not going to touch a pair of crusty balls. By the way, people, wash your dogs, wash their nuts, please. And thank you. <laughs> wash your dog and wash their nuts. Please do. We man, don't want to any... touch those things. And yeah. man, sometimes I just look up and I give the people the look and they're not registering the look on my face, but it's. Yeah, it's a look of disgust. I, I'm sure. You know what, guys? I know everybody tunes in and you guys normally about right now. I give you guys a bully the kid tip. But because I've got Alex and this is the day before nationals, he's trying to get there. Well, actually, it's 48 hours from nationals. He's going to get out there and we're not going to take that break. And I will give you the tip at the end of this segment. And you guys can boo if you like. We can't hear you anyway, so it doesn't really matter. All right, Alex, yeah. let's talk a little bit more about judging. Because that's one of the things that people... I think need to recognize you're one of the few people that people have a respect for as a breeder, as a pioneer, you did all of the things that people just kind of hear about now in regards to promotion and things like that from atomic dog to traveling, to making sure you see the dogs that are in your dog's pedigree to um, going out there and seeing his offspring in person. You are definitely a breeder. In fact, I'd say you're a breeder before you're a judge nowadays though. It seems like that has kind of changed a little bit. As the ABKC has grown, we have become more about the people that are training the dogs, handling the dogs, the faces of the kennel club, as opposed to the actual productions. In my opinion, I think productions have taken a back seat to handlers at a certain point, and those handlers, therefore, then go on to be judges. It seems like we've lost some of our judges that used to be top breeders. And, and let me go on a little further. What I mean by that is, it's almost like they do all of these things. They compete. They breed dogs. They do all of that to become a judge. And then when they become a judge, I can't breed anymore because I'm a judge. I can't show anymore because I'm a judge. I 100% disagree with that. I believe that showing dogs is about a passion. Like you said, there's people that would rather do something else with their time than spend $500 and go around in a left-handed circle. Yeah. But if you want to be a judge, you're not really one of those people. You know what I'm saying? So why do you think it is that we have so many judges now, and some of them are close friends of mine. Rolando Mata is one of my closest friends. He doesn't breed dogs anymore. He never bred American bullies, but he had an amazing American Pit Bull Terrier program, as did his mentee, Tavoris Ingram, had an amazing American Pit Bull Terrier program. Um, Cindy McCloskey is one of the OGs. For y'all that don't know about Cindy, she was part of, a, you know, one of the beginning people um, but now it seems that we're having more and more judges that I don't necessarily know their dogs. So forgive me. And I don't mind saying their names because they all love me anyway, whether it be like a Brian Peterson or Alton or even my what I call my pit bull crew with Rebecca and and Lynn and uh, Barbara Marin and Susan Fredorsha had an amazing Amstaff program. She produced Cream, who was one of my favorite dogs. Why do you think it is that we got all these judges now who are not breeding and they're not showing if they are breeding? Why do you think that is? I feel like the, the the negative outcries from the crowd deter a judge from wanting to show because we became judges because of our breeding programs, most of us, because of what we've done. Just to meet requirements, you have to have your five produced champions, and I'm not sure if there's a requirement for grants, but when I became a judge, I met 
I exceeded the uh, expectations on that. But really, I think that people are deterred by everyone yelling politics. People, people don't take the time to read the breed standards, and they'd rather just sit there and complain about a situation and make up a situation in their head for why their dog lost rather than just admit the fact that their dog had seven visible faults. You know, maybe the judge only told you two, but there was a lot more than two, you know, like every dog has faults like, and even your top dogs have faults. So people don't understand it. They don't read the breed standards and they see someone in there that is a known handler or a judge. And all of a sudden it's political when the reality is, is I'm, I'm from the other side of the table. It is completely different. Like the judges that knew me coming up would tell me hey, you need to bring a better dog next time. This dog sucks. It wasn't it wasn't a here's a ribbon. It was like a I didn't place you and now I'm gonna castrate your dog in front of you. This dog is a piece of shit. Don't you right. never and this these are quotes. Don't ever bring an ugly dog like that in my ring again, sir. <laughs> you know? Have you ever got the eyebrow raise from Errol Baden? You you know what? I have. Me and Errol had a <laughs> at a Florida show had a ver- very verbal I, I was lacking professionalism at the time, but a conversation about shorty bulls, that was not a good conversation. And, um, but yes, I, I've seen it. I, I'm very blessed to say I've only seen it that one time, but I was not uh, very happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> to uh, say the least. Like all the people that before I was ever a judge, when I was just handling and coming up in the ranks, like all of the, like Rolando was my mentor and we talked all the time. Right. Never put my dogs up, which made perfect sense as I became a judge and I learned Rolando comes from an American Pitbull Terrier background. And my dogs, most of them have shit shoulder assembly like they did. I've worked very hard to generationally improve this once I was able to identify the fault. But my dogs coming from Dax line have a short upper arm and upright shoulder assembly. This affects their movement. So it took me generations to fix that. But like, yeah. It totally made sense why he never put my dogs up, but he taught me a lot. Like, he was very educational. He taught me things, but there was never any politics there, man. Like, all the judges that were super cool with me never even picked my dogs. They are just like, yeah, you got to do better. And then yes. I started doing better, which was the best thing they could do, which is why when people ask me questions, mm-hmm. I give them answers. I take the time to try and explain some things to them or let them know or tell them, hey, after the show, bring your dog up and I'll break the dog down and tell you exactly what I see. Because that's the best way to improve. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And Rolando was actually my mentor in the show world. Um, I came from a game dog world uh, with Nigarino and Snooty Dogs and things like that. But when I got to the show world, he he was my mentor. And I was still a very brash, a very arrogant dog shower even then. Um, I've always kept records. I've always kept, you know, what my dogs were doing and why they were superior to everyone else's. And Rolando and a, a lot of other people, Pam Carter, um, a lot of top Pitbull people broke it down to me and made me understand what movement meant and the correlation between form and function. And that helped me so much when I got into the ring. Nowadays, I do think judges are afraid of being called political. I do think that it's it's something that they stay away from. But I'm going to say this. When a judge goes into that ring, they need to have the best dog. And that's the way I feel about it. I feel there's a lot of pressure being a judge, because if you're a judge and you come out there with one of your dogs that's in your program, it had better be phenomenal. Uh, the judge that I used to think did a great job with this was Ron Ramos. Um, I used to love looking at Ron's dogs that he would that he would produce. Um, and he would think outside the box and he would use dogs that I'd be like, why the hell are you using that dog? You know, and he would occasionally make something really 
really nice. Um, of course, I followed Robert Lee. Of course, I follow you. Um, a Chris White down in Florida with his French Bulldog program. I love to watch that. And sometimes it's it's so important to our exhibitors to see what our judges are doing because they can get lost so far and they can't see the forest for the trees when they're leading themselves. And the leaders of the community, in my opinion, oftentimes are our judges. We have to be able to look at our judges and say, dang, he's judging my dog, but what is he producing? And sometimes that's a negative thing, Alex. And I think some judges get scared of that criticism too, because it's, it's a damn hard thing to walk out there as a judge with your dog and not win. I know as Bully the Kid, I do not bring piece of shit shorty bulls to the ring. I refuse to do it. I have dogs that I know are good dogs, but they are not good enough to be with me because they're going to be critiqued on a different level. Not saying the judge judges them differently, I'm saying that I know that they're being critiqued by everyone in the building who's ever thought about getting a shorty bull. It is, hey, there's Bully the Kid. He's got to have exceptional dogs. Like, his dogs have got to be perfect. And it's um, it's a very unique uh, situation to be in. And there have been times where I have not wanted to bring my dogs out because it's like, hey, I can't bring this one. It's not a best-in-show winner. Every dog that I've brought out since Cassius Clay, I I'm proud to say, has won a best-in-show. That's what I do. So I don't bring um, some dogs that would you be don't good. Want a place. Go ahead. You don't want a first place. No, I do not. Yeah, me, me neither. I'm right there with you. I, I don't believe you should bring a dog out unless you are confident that that dog could at least, at very least, take best of winners. Yes, at, at the least. I am, I've always, and see, with Shorty Bulls, it's a smaller thing. Like, with, uh, I tell people that are American Bully um, or you're showing Labradors or Golden Retrievers in another registry and you're listening to my podcast and you're like, oh, that doesn't apply for the AKC. It does. There, there are people in the AKC that know they have winter bitch dogs all the time. They know they have best of breed contenders all the time. That's what they're breeding for. That's what they strive to get. In our breed, because it's smaller, if I were to go to a show and not get best of breed, which happened to me actually for the first time um, this year, I took one of my younger bitches out and she won best of winners, but she didn't win a best of breed. And I was legitimately pissed off. In fact, our first time in the ring, she got a second place and I was livid. I was beyond pissed off. It was a very bad day um, for me. And that was just one red ribbon. But I, I, I can tell you right now, I can count the number of red ribbons I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> and I was not happy. But you learn to, to, to lose correctly and you learn how to present your dog better. And that's what I tell people. When people ask me, why would you show a dog under a year old? Because I don't normally do that. I said, really, sometimes I'll do it just because I want to know what I need to do better with that dog. I want to see how it's moving. I need to understand what, what stack is wrong, what her gait speed is or something like that. And then by the time I'm finished with her, they're generally best in show winners, best of breed winners. And um, I can get ready for a show like this at nationals. Now, at a show like Nationals, like you said, there's going to be 25 of my breed out there, 20 of my breed in the champion class. She needs one more win to grand. I know what it's going to take. I know that like any day at showing, anything can happen. But my attitude is I plan on winning that and I plan on going on and winning it all. That's my attitude. Great. That's um, your attitude. 100%. Yes, that should be everybody's attitude. I wish more people were like that. Now, Alex, we, we've been doing a little something called the bets. I like to wager, like anyone that listens to the show, which you admitted to earlier, quite honestly, that you don't. I have a $10 bet limit. Here's the bet. The first bet, they're just small wagers, under or over. For you, who wins the best in show? Is it another breed or is it the American Bully versus the field? Uh, both judges choose best in show, correct? 
together. Yes, it will come down to Williams' ultimate decision, but they will confer together. Well, that is going to entirely depend on the caliber of other multi-breeds that shows up. Because I can tell you right now, the American Bully is showing up deep. Woo! So you, you think the, it's leaning, leaning I, towards the American Bully for you? But you never know, because as a judge, like, as a judge, I am, that's my root, is the American Bully. But mm-hmm. sometimes I will see a Frenchie or a Shorty Bull or an English, like Columbia's English is amazing. I've seen it twice. It's been a best in show twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. There's sometimes there's that stand out like out of out of 64 shows, maybe 64 plus shows. I have I might have 15 other breeds, but it just depends. You could have like something just absolutely outstanding that fits a breed standard to a T. But if you had to bet, Alex, it's your money on the line. You got to bet. Where are you leaning? I'm going with with the bullies. I'm not. I'm I'm bully. I'm I'm a bully fan. I'm hoping the bully takes (laughs) But same time, same time, like you never know. Uh, I'm starting to love the other breeds I judge. There could be this amazing Frenchie out there or this amazing Shorty Bull out there that is just like that dog right there. Before we finish the bets, let me ask you this because I talked to a judge and um, I don't, I normally say names on here. I had talked to my, my, my dear friend Rolando and we were talking about the judges for nationals. And if you didn't know, Rolando, for those that are listening, Rolando has judged nationals in 2011 in Vegas, the pick I can't remember. And then he did it again in Chicago when he judged and he put up the bus. And I asked him, I said, man, Ro, you never, you never judged the other breeds. And he said, yeah. He said that there's a stigma, though, that he believes in the ABKC that they wouldn't ask someone who judged the American bullies to come back and judge the other breeds because they think that the judge would look at it as a slight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've already judged American Bully. I don't want to go out to the other breeds. But he said it would be an honor to judge the other breeds because there's so many more breeds. No, I agree 100%. And he, and he would love to do that. He said he would never look at it as a slight. For you, would you look at it as, like, a downgrade to judge the Shorty Bulls or Frenchie? No. 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 Man, look, you're talking about American Bully. You just got to judge the best American Bullies. That's one breed standard. Mm-hmm. You're talking about seven to ten other breeds at nationals. I'm not sure how many we're going to have this year, but you, you could seriously end up having to know these these breed standards in and out and have to pick from the best of the best. You know, like when you're when you're talking about the upper echelons, and this is this is the big show. This is the Super Bowl for the ABKC. This is the biggest American Bully Club show in all of the world. Like there is there is no other registry that's hosting the show or an event quite this caliber. Mm-hmm. I agree. Show with multiple different breeds coming from all around the world. So having to know those, like, man, that you have to really be about that other registry life and learning about your FCI breed standards, your UKC breed standards, the parent registries that our breed standards are based off of. I yeah. think Birdo was a great judge for that because him and I have sat there and talked about FCI breed standards of like 30 different breeds. Like the guy is so educated on other breeds and takes such a great pride. And that's something that I think is so important for anybody that is a judge. Take pride in judging. Yeah. I would hope that they all do because we need that. We need our judges to be very proud of the fact that they carry, that they're called a judge. I tell people that like, I imagine being on, I travel a lot. I'm on a plane and someone says, Hey, where are you headed? I'm going to a dog show. Oh, you got a computer. No, I'm actually the judge that automatically carries a level of respect 
that even people that never been to a dog show are going to look at you like, oh, wow, you're you're the creme de la creme. You're the top of the line. You're this dude's a dog show judge. Like, that's impressive. And we need to carry it that way. When you're a judge, you need to walk around like, wow, you are now a four a foremost expert on dogs at that point, in my opinion. And um, I wish more people would do it now. You said you would do it. I'm hoping one day, I'm hoping one day before I'm too old and can't run around that I get to present my dog to you as that uh, other breed judge. I hate to say that, but the other breed is how we always refer to it. But um, now, next bet, you got a male or a female handler winning nationals. You think there's, if you had to put some money down, you got a hundred dollars. Who, who you got, a male or a female being the handler at the end of the lead, at the end of the day with that best in show winner? Hmm. You can't you can't even run numbers on this one to try and, and get an accurate estimate if you look at the handlers over the past few years. Uh, but really, uh, the caliber of handlers coming to this event, I just... <laughs> happy I, wife, happy life, Alex. I mean, I say it's a, a, a two... Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm telling you right now, like, you know, Hannah's going with zero. She is. Oh, you know, Tony's coming from Spain with Apollo. You know that grand champion blue is going to be there. And Kira he's a great handler. handled by Kira. So there's, there's two females to one. And then you go, if, if Samson shows up, I don't know if he's still handled by Abisai. I'm not sure. That would be a blast from the past. I know Viviana's coming with some dogs. Exactly. I know um, Devin is always, always on point. I'm sure Morgan Barrick will be there with some pit bulls that she normally has trained. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, there are so many great handlers out there, like I said, that have been competing. And this is, again, this is the big show. What what I, I can't stress enough is we're going to see handlers we haven't seen. We're going to yeah. we haven't seen all year. They're just going to pop out like, hey, been on the couch, looking great, about to kick your ass today. It's gonna happen. I know two AKC handlers that are coming that have been hired to present at this show. It's a different world. I, I, I'll tell you this: as an exhibitor uh, coming out there, a non-handler, I know I have to show against some of the biggest names in the game, including Viviana, including Hannah, including Morgan Barrick. There's a, there's a lot of handlers. Devin is out there that um, I'm gonna have to compete against, and it, it would not surprise me if I look up and I'm the only non-handler out there. You know. Um, <laughs> You are a handler. You just don't handle for other people. Right. I only handle for myself. You know, and I've always I've always said that, that there's a specialness to being a handler because I can't do it. I can handle my dog perfectly fine. I can even handle most of the dogs that I've produced very well. But when it just comes to some person popping up and treating me like I'm Logan Jones, it's not going to happen, bro. Like, it, it's just not. Your, your dog's about to look like a disaster. Um, go, going through now, we're, we're coming up. We, we got judges coming from overseas. We got the long drives. I know you're getting out, out of the house now to head to nationals. How important is it to you to have a couple of days rest before you jump right into the ring? Oh, super important. Not going to happen, though. Not going to happen. <laughs> now, you didn't listen to my show, my last episode, which was Tuesday. I was supposed to now, Alex, I let the people down because it's supposed to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all podcast shows. Yesterday, your boy was exhausted. I, I, I tried to do it. It wasn't come. I wasn't feeling it. I had to take a, I had to take a COVID day. You know what I'm saying? I, I was unvaccinated. I, I couldn't take, do yesterday, but now I'm good. We had a discussion, Alex, and that discussion was about the best show dogs all time, ABKC. And here was my list. I'm going to give it to you. 
Of course, without even second guessing, I had my dog on the list. That was Cassius Clay, a.k.a. the GO, greatest shorty bull of all time, um, on that list with his 50 best in shows. I had Bear on that list as one of the greatest show dogs. I had Bentley on that list as one of the greatest show dogs. I had Bistro on that list as one of the greatest show dogs. And the last one I had coming in, believe it or not, was Bowser. And I had Bowser there, but I didn't have him as the greatest of all time. I had him on my list of greatest show dogs because, you know, he never finished number one, but he had a level of dominance that very few American bullies ever had. I think Bear, if there was no Bear, I believe Bowser would have been a two-time number one American bully. You know, he he did beat, we were actually really good friends. We called him the three Bs between Bear, Bowser, and Bentley. I said that on the podcast. I said that. And, was- uh, mm-hmm. That year, he had the, the first year when Bus won, Bowser actually beat the bear in the standard class. So, like, it was it was big. But if you look at the dog from the time he was born, his first year he finished top 10, and then mm-hmm. he was top five all the way up until last year. Wow. That's and impressive. He accidentally made top 10 last year. Okay. So, so I had my number one ABKC show dog of all time I have is the bear. That is, to me, the best show dog to grace the So ABC. my wife will probably divorce me for this, but we've talked about this. Uh, the bear, The bear was my pick for the last Nationals neutrally standing outside looking when it was down to the final floor four i was like holy shit the bear is looking exceptional short mm-hmm. back great fronts deep chest drop yeah he is he is a show dog but he is also he looks like an american bully yeah I like to argue the the wrinkle in the face but to me at that point in time yeah he was he was one of the greatest show dogs. And then finishing with over 144 or 147 best of breeds in two show seasons, Bowser's at 147 in his, his career. career. Oh, yeah. And that's why I had Bear. My, my next great show dog, believe it or not, was Bentley was one of the best show dogs I've ever seen. Now, when I say best show dogs, always on point. There was just something that made my eyes gravitate to that dog when he was going around for an OD. Now I know a lot of my OD people will argue that he's not the best OD they've ever seen, but as far as the show dog goes, I, I made the argument and I'll stand on it. I, I think he was very hard to beat that way. Bistro was a different. Now I used to have Bistro as my number one show dog of all time, but I've, he since dropped down. And, and the reason for me was if Bistro were to come out today and compete against the caliber of dogs today, do I think Bistro would still win? Yes. Do I think he would dominate like he did? No. Um, I think that some of his faults would stand out and it would call some of our judges who I think are a little more knowledgeable now to not want to go with that. But he had a big personality. I think he was humongous for the American bully. I think he brought the American bully to a group of people that were not interested in the breed. And there was a lot of bistro heads that were born because of um, Robert Lee and what he did with bistro. So I, I had him, I had him there. Um, of course, my dog Cassius Clay this is a 50 best in show winner. I believe, and people can argue, he was the, the reason that the other breeds get any attention was because of how loud I was with Cassius Clay in 2013, 2014. He literally was the little dog that won all the time. I mean, he won 77 best of breeds. He won 50 best in shows. You know what I'm saying? That he was the first shorty bull I had ever heard of. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people say. So I had him there. Um, the one that I'm leaving out, who did I miss? I didn't put Turbo Goat there. And the reason I didn't put Turbo Goat was Turbo Goat had 200 best of breeds, I believe. But I don't believe that Turbo Goat would win against Frenchies nowadays. I I think he would not even be close to that successful with the caliber of Frenchies we have in the ABKC. The other dogs I named, whether it be Bear, Bentley, Cassius, those dogs are still going to win today. 
I would I I actually support your uh your whole list, but I do want to make uh another I gotta do an addition. Add an addition. Who is it? Let me see what someone else Grand Champion Sweet and Low. Oh, this career too short, I think. Grand champion female though. Like name another triple grand champion female. Oh, oh, oh. Because uh, Bowser's a triple grand champion, and there's only like five males that are triple grands. Wow. You know what? Sweet and Low is a forgotten face. Um, Don, yeah. great guy. Yeah. I think a lot of people go back to wonder who Sweet and Low is. Sweet and Low was actually the best of breed winner in Atlanta, I believe, and lost to, right? Did she win in Atlanta or no? Mm, not, not sure. I can't remember. I know that the Bulldog was the winner of the uh, best in show that year in Atlanta, and I lost to Code 45. Sweet and Low would, would get a, a mention for me. She's like Mufasa to me. I think Mufasa was a, a great show dog, presented very well. He had a little dominant run, but it was so short. I can't really give it to him as one of the top show dogs, only because top 10, maybe. Maybe Mufasa earns his way in there. I think Bronco earns his way in there as a shorty bull. Yeah. Uh, I think Bentley is really, I, people are going to be pissed off when I say this. I think Bentley is the only uh Oldie to make that top 10 list if I extended it to top 10 I would be willing to put sweet and low in there because I don't know another female that really came out that even had a there was there's always been notable females but because there's there's not often a female that's done that so I had to go ahead and give her props on that one but not Mufasa huh Mufasa's not gonna make it in there so Mufasa was handled greatly and was a beautiful dog I just man, honestly, Mufasa's daddy was more my style. I like okay. thicker dogs, uh, but Mufasa was a great dog. Someone uh, wrote me and they asked me about Denzel, and I said, "Here's the thing: I saw Denzel as a puppy, as well as his brother, in Atlanta in 2009 and 10. I believe the first time I saw him in 2009, I think. But anyway, again, not a dominating show dog. He had a he had a really big win at uh, nationals, and that was it. You know who was on my list in our top ten that we're not talking about? Is grand champion thug, Brazilian thug, owned by Rodrigo Silva. Oh, yeah. He was definitely, definitely underrated. Yeah, that was an unbeatable dog. Shout out to Rodrigo Silva. Uh, thug is, he's pushing the top five. If I really had to sit down and write that list, I could see him coming out. If you're including all the breeds in the ABKC. Now, that's just, that list is just for best show dog. There's another caliber of dog yeah. there. And, and that, that would, got me thinking about, it, though, honestly, like Mufasa's ring performance was amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Loaded in the ring. His relationship with the handler was good. Like, if we're just going just show, mm -hmm. he he definitely has to make your top 10. He would be top 10, just not top five for me. I, Bistro, I, Bistro, like you brought up Bistro's faults, mm -hmm. his ring performance was definitely what set him apart, man. That dog was the happiest dog ever in the ring. And yeah, it exudes American Bully's personality. Like, that to me is still to this day the poster child for personality. You know who would follow him closely, and I'm not saying this because you're on the phone, but it would be Bowser. I know we're talking about Mufasa's connection with um, Abby, but no, I I'll tell you now, if anyone out there has gotten to see Devin show Bowser, there is never a doubt that that dog loves her and she loves that dog. And that is something that you don't always get when you, you hire handlers to handle your dog because it's something that's unspoken, it's unwritten. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it right here on the air. I have dealt with with Rolando Mata about tails, um, whether they be gay or happy tails or um, high tail sets. I've never seen a dog want to please his owner as much as Bowser does with Devin. And that was 
incredible. I, I put it this way. I've sent the video of Devin with Bowser. I used to have a video. I don't know if I still have it. I had a video of when I first saw Bowser to him against Bear at Nationals. I sent it to an AKC handler, and she was impressed beyond belief what Devin did with Bowser. You know, he looked like a totally different dog in the way that he carried his tail going around the ring. And I think that that is a remarkable um, something not, to say to her about that. I'm not sure how you teach a dog to not do an involuntary reflex. <laughs> she did it, though. I, I'm, a challenged tail, the dog gets excited or a yeah. gay tail, it's going to break the plane. It's going right. to. And, and she, she literally looked at the dog like he spoke English and was like, tail down. And he puts his tail down. And you're like, how'd you do that? <laughs> that is insane, and I showed it to I someone. Can't, I, I can't housebreak a dog, and you're teaching your dog to, to <laughs> not do an involuntary reflex. There's, oh man, but he is. That is one of the best connections. But those are my show dogs. I'm gonna do an episode one day where I'm gonna get a lot of various people on to talk about their top five. But when I sit there, obviously I'm biased to to Cassius, but I I look at people and I say, wow, you know, to get there. Now there's another level of it, and that goes into producers. And this is where Bear falls off my list completely. And I, I'm, I'm very vocal about it. And last show, I, I said it. He fell off my list because he wasn't able to produce a dog. Bistro produced Bus. Goat produced Bronco. Uh, Bentley did produce Winslow. I don't think Winslow is half the dog that Bentley was. But, you know, he did produce another good-looking dog. I think to really be at that top Mount Rushmore of the ABKC bully breeds, you're going to have to have produce something. But that's different than being one of the top show dogs. You know what I'm saying? That's different. Um, but but being one of those top all-around show dogs, but that, that's something that we need to look at. And hopefully one day the ABKC is going to honor our producers. We honor our top 10. I think we need to start honoring some of our top producers at Nationals as well. I'm, I'm all for that trophy being handed out at Nationals in honor of some of the dogs that paved the way and left a legacy for us to all admire now in the ring. What do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. Actually, uh, Rolando Mata recently did that, and uh, he honored Lucky and Waffle House and a couple other. Yeah, that was also me. Uh, let me let me shoot Rolando's little bit. Oh, head. okay, okay. That, that, that was actually Rolando and I, uh, heavy on the I. And um... <laughs> well, you need to put Dave and I in there and make it happen in Nationals because that would be awesome. There's hey, you know what? I think we're gonna do it, man. They get so stressed Great. out, but Alex, man. I loved having you on. I hope to bring you back on the show um, in the future sometime to talk. You are one of the judges I respect the most in the ABKC, um, as is your wife. But um, I hope you guys get to national safely. Um, get some rest. I know you probably won't, but uh, I'm excited to see what color suit you're wearing. I will not be in a suit, but I'll have a nice sweater on and some nice coach boots I bought that I'm breaking out. So I, I don't know if I'm going to look like someone's uncle at the barbecue, but I'm, I'm going to be there as well. So it's going to be good. I, I feel like that's your, your show attire. It, it really is. Now, I, I, I had a velvet blazer that I was going to bring that I bought a little a blazer suit. I just got to feel comfortable, man. You know what I'm saying? I got to I got to feel got to feel day, man. You might want to be comfortable. Yeah, because I'm telling you now, those boots, they're, they're expensive, but they're not going to be on very long, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm. One, I don't know if I can do my jump step in those boots. I got to I got to I got to practice. Um, because otherwise it's gonna go right back to the Jays. You know what I'm saying? That's just yeah. but uh yeah, might want to stick with the Jays. You go but Jays. you know what? I tell everybody with international judges, I do believe your attire is gonna matter more than ever before, and it shouldn't, but it's going to they they're very professional people and they're gonna be looking for professional professionalism in the ring, man. But hey, 
Get on the road, Alex. I appreciate you stopping into the podcast show. And uh, it's been a joy, brother. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me on. And as always, keep a bully, bully. I, I try. I try my best. All right, Alex, be safe. All right. Later, brother. Well, that was Alex Ferrero. And we got to always say thank you to our guests that came on. See, I told you guys it was going to be worth the wait. Did y'all believe me? Nah, y'all didn't believe me. Y'all thought I had let you down. That's what you were doing. You're sitting there writing letters to Santa talking about how I let you down. But here I am. I come through in the clutch. I'm late. I still got to go get my hair cut. I still got to get on a plane. I still got to get to Dallas. But I, for y'all people, I just do, I just do the most. You know what I'm saying? I just do the most for my people. And before I go, y'all know what time it is. Ding, 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 ding. It's time for the Bully the Kid training tip. Let's go. All right. This week, of course, is Bully the Kid's training tip. None of these tips are proven, but as you know, they work for me. One of the things that can save a dog's life is a simple command. That command is wait. I like to train all of my dogs to wait anytime I open a door. That could be a crate door, front door, or a car door. Why do I teach this command? Because the last thing you want is a dog to bolt out past you before he's on a leash or able to be contained and run into the street, run up to another dog, or just scare your neighbor when she's planting flowers. All of these things have happened to me, so I now teach the wait command. The wait command is pretty simple. Now, I want every guys, everybody to know this is going to be a slight disclaimer on my tip. What I like to do is open a door, say wait, shut the door before the dog can get out. As the dog's trying to go through the door, I press the door against his face. Now, I'm not saying slam the door into your dog's face, people. I'm just saying open the door, close the door, wait. Open the door, close the door, wait. When you give the wait command, the dog should eventually learn that the door is going to close until you give him permission to leave. I like to do this first with a crate door because it is the most controlled situation for you. Open the door as the dog tries to come out, wait, shut the door. He'll eventually learn to wait so that the door doesn't pop him in the nose. By pop, we mean gentle. So don't call PETA. This is just a bully the kid training tip. It may not work for you, but it works for me. The wait command. Work on it. All right, all right. We're going to wrap this show up, man. It's exciting. I'm excited to know that the next time you guys hear this wonderful voice, I will be in Dallas, Texas. That's right. God willing, I'm going to be on a plane tonight, arriving in Dallas about 1130, 11-ish p.m. in the worst city in the world. That's Dallas, Texas. Shout out Philadelphia Eagles once again. I got to tell you guys, it's been great bringing you guys these podcasts. I love the response that you guys have been giving. I got to tell you guys, even though you guys love listening to me, if you're driving, don't laugh too hard. Keep your eyes on the road. We want everybody to arrive safely. I'm going to be there. I don't really know the plans for tomorrow, but I know there's a meet and greet. I know there's an OD dinner tonight. I'm planning on crashing that dinner if anything is free. But since I'm getting at 11, I'm sure they'll be done or at least all the blood will be cleaned up by the time I arrive. Okay, so I'm probably going to miss that. I know there's a meet and greet going down, ABKC meet and greet in Dallas. They did that uh, in Houston, I believe. They're going to do it again this year. That's going to be phenomenal. Bully the Kid is planning on making an appearance there. On Friday, I'll be giving you guys something. It's either going to be a live feed on Facebook or another podcast episode. But you guys are going to get something from your boy on Friday to get ready for Nationals. Um, I'm so excited, man. It's going to be a big thing. I think the last time I checked, we were talking about over 300 dogs have been pre-registered. Since pre-registration is closed, I'm assuming that number probably jumped up to probably 350, 400 dogs. 
pre-registered. If you've not yet got the syllabus of the events and the times and what order we're going in, it's all over Facebook. Make sure you check out Regina Goings page. Regina, of course, busts her butt every year to make sure National runs smoothly. We have some great announcements going on. I'm going to tell you guys now, get there early because the opening ceremonies are going to be very, very special. So if you can be there for the opening ceremonies, I uh, I encourage you to do that. Once again, if you're driving to Nationals, be safe. It's your boy, Bully the Kid. Y'all know I'm running late. Y'all know it's happening. Right now, I'm looking at a bed full of clothes and a bunch of shoe boxes. I've made no decisions about what's going down for Nationals, but I will be there even if I'm in a Nike t-shirt and some joggers, I'm going to be there with some Dusty J's on. So holla at your boy, man. It's the Bully the Kid podcast show. And if you haven't done it already, make sure you like the show on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, all the places that the podcast show is at. Make sure you let me know that you love it. Because if you don't, I'm going to stop doing it. All right, I'm lying. I love myself too much to stop. But if you tell me you like it, then at least I can add you and tag you on Facebook. So that's what we're going to do, man. It's your boy, Bully the Kid. The Bully the Kid podcast show is out. Until I see you next time on The Rebound, I'll see y'all in Dallas, Texas. Let's go. Yeah, 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 it's your boy DJ Dramatic from the Senate DJs. You checking out my man right now, Bully the Kid. It's going down real heavy in the booth. The champ is here. Time's up. The champ is here. Remix. The champ is here. The champ is here. Bully the Kid. Bully the Kid. Kid in the booth.